0: And there was some doubt in them. And uh, so they ended up. Wandering around in the wilderness. And there was times of temptation. There were times. Of tests and trials that they endured. But we see them here. And in, in, at the end of that. Time of testing. That Moses looks back on those 40 years. And he says we learned some things. I hope that you've learned some things. There was a reason that. That we spent this time that God was trying to teach us something. He was trying to humble us. He's trying to get us to realize that he's in control. He was trying to really test. Where is your heart? Where is your heart? Do you trust me? God's want to know. Do you trust me? I, I, I provided for you here in the wilderness. I, I sent the manna. When you saw that manna, you said, what is this stuff? what that word manna meant what is it what is this stuff we've never seen anything quite like this and and you tasted it and you you found wow the lord is is good the lord will provide and as as he provided you you still found ways to complain and you know we you know we're getting sick and tired of the manna so god he sent the he sent the quail he sent the birds and that's to uh, to feed you, and so uh, God provided other ways for you. But but really, ultimately, I hope that you learn. Moses is saying, I hope that you learn that it's not by bread only that you live. It's because God provides. When you go into the wilderness time, God provides. It's not by bread only, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. So there's something about the wilderness. There's something about that that uh, it we see several times in Scripture how it precedes the uh, precedes the 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 calling or the the place that uh, the the beginning of a ministry or the beginning of the purpose that somebody would uh, be called to go and fulfill and we see this uh, of course here as the the Israelites had to go through the wilderness before they ultimately went to the promised land and to really what their calling was that was that was the calling they came out of Egypt in order to go into the promised land but to get there first they had to go through the wilderness we see others that spent time in the wilderness at the beginning of their ministries before going and Truly fulfilling the God, uh, what God's calling was for their life. Of course, one that comes to mind is John the Baptist. Now, John it seems to be that he never fully left the wilderness. He he spent much of his life out there in the wilderness. Was kind of a crazy man, uh, but he did uh, at some point begin to come into where the civilized people were, and he met them at the Jordan River and he preached to them and. And we find him, uh, how he was was, uh, really honing his his calling in the wilderness. And then we get to Luke chapter 4. We're going to spend some time here in Luke chapter 4 today. Let's just begin in verse number 1. Verse number 1 of Luke chapter 4. This is Jesus here, it says that Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Being 40 days tempted of the devil, and in those days he did eat nothing. And when they were ended, he afterward hungered. See, Jesus, sometimes we, we might get this concept of him that he was so... Entirely different from us, but he was a man he was a human, just like we were. we are today he He had the same hungers that we would have, he had the same temptations, he would face the same temptations that we might face. He was fully God, but also fully human in every manner that we are god jesus he was he was uh, having to fight off the same kind of uh, struggles that, that we might have to fight off in our flesh. Because Jesus came in flesh. And here Jesus, being led of the Spirit, goes into the wilderness. Now here this is the very beginning of his ministry. He had just been baptized by John the Baptist. And before ever really doing anything in his ministry, he goes into the wilderness for 40 days. It's a time of fasting, a time of prayer, but it's also, we learn, a time of temptation. See, something I, I take from this is if Jesus was tempted, then we're surely going to be tempted. Just because, just because you're filled with the Spirit of God, just because you have His Spirit in you, does not mean that the temptations will not come. Amen. I'm sure that all of us uh, understand that we've we've lived it. We 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 have uh, experienced the temptations that have come our way in life. And Jesus, he was no different. Jesus was tempted and and we find ourselves even after being filled with the spirit of God, that temptations will come. Now, here's the thing that that we should not take temptations lightly temptations are going to come but let's not take them lightly see when jesus was instructing his disciples how to pray when they when they asked him this is later on in his ministry and and he, they they begin to ask jesus teach us to pray we see you praying and it seems to be so uh, so fruitful in your time of prayer and he he begins to teach them what we call the lord's prayer and in that lord's prayer he says this phrase lead us not into temptation. Now lead us not into temptation. In other words, God, I realize that temptations will come, but but help me when they do come to not be led into them and to fall at the hands of that temptation. Help me to, to, to not uh, not fall at that temptation when it comes. Lord, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil, we we ought not take temptation lightly. It's not something that uh, that we should just uh, go through life and think, you know, temptations are going to come. I'm probably going to fall to them. Uh, I'm thankful for the grace of God, and I am thankful for the grace of God. But that's no uh, no reason to continue to fall into temptation or fall from the temptation after temptation after temptation that comes our way. See, but. Reality is that we will experience temptation. We are not exempt from temptation just because we have the spirit of God. We see that temptation that came to Jesus. And it seems to be something that came right away as Jesus went into the wilderness that it says for 40 days, he was tempted of the devil for 40 days there in the wilderness. He was tempted of the devil. And I don't know what uh, what exactly this looked like on a day-to-day basis but we see that it continued to come for 40 days and whether this had to do with this time of fasting and an over and over come on you can just give in you don't have anybody ever been there before you fast and it's like you've never been so hungry in your life than the time when you're fasting and your co-workers they they've never brought in food to work that looks so good as the time when you're fasting and and, uh, there's, there's some temptation that goes there when you make a commitment to God. Amen. Maybe some encounter that over these past couple of weeks. But, uh, we, we find temptation that will come our way. Now, the, the Israelites, if we go back to their story, then their time in the wilderness, we see the temptations came their way as well when they're in that time of the wilderness. And we could go back, we could read these full stories, but Paul, Paul, he summarizes what those uh, Israelites face there in the wilderness in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. So we're going to turn there to look at his summary and uh, him trying to get us to, to look back at them and to learn from what they went through. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Begin in verse number 1. It says, Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how that our fathers were under the cloud, And all passed through the sea. They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They did all eat the same spiritual meat. So uh, we could pull out a whole lot from that. But I'm going to skim over that just as an introduction to say he's talking about the Israelites here. Let's go to verse 4. They did all drink the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. That rock was Christ. But with many of them, God was not well pleased for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Okay. That's so what we want to get to in this part of what he's writing. God was not pleased because in their time of in the wilderness, when the temptation came, he says they were overthrown by the temptation. Verse number six. Now these things were our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. We see that he tells us, we see the example where uh, lust uh, was presented to them. There was an opportunity for lust and they fell to the, to the temptation of lust. Neither be idolaters as some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and they rose up to play. We see they fell uh, to the temptation of idolatry, of walking away from serving God uh, and began to serve other gods. Verse number 8. Neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and they fell in one day three and twenty thousand. They fell to the temptation of fornication. Neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of the serpents. They came and, and they began. They, they did not, um, they did not trust God. They did not, they were tempting God in, in really several different uh, manners here because of that there were uh, snakes that were sent their way that killed many of them verse 10 neither murmur ye as some of them also murmured and they were destroyed of the destroyer we saw them time after time after time just complaining and complaining complaining uh, over and over about their situation that they were in so there's a lot of things that we could be tempted by i guess there's one more verse here verse 11 all these things happened unto them for in samples. In other words, these all these things, we should look back at what they went through in their time in the wilderness as the temptations came. And they are given to us as an example to learn from. And they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. They're written for us to learn and to not go down the same path. Now, here today, we're talking about being propelled into purpose. And we will see where we're going with this. But I want to talk about what we go through before we begin to fulfill our purpose. There, will, there is a time of temptation. There is a time of wilderness that often precedes. Us going into our God given purpose, following Jesus fully does not mean that the temptation will not come. But here's what we need to do. We need to look back either over our life or the lives of others and to learn that there are temptations that will come and I am not going to fall to them over and over and over. We don't have to fall to the same temptations over and over and over. And here's the problem. Many times we try to do it of our own will. We try to overcome temptation by our, our, our own, um, you know, this is, you know, I'm, I'm strong enough to deal with it. I, I can go and, and, and and I can, I can overcome this. But here's the thing. You cannot overcome it if you, if you are not led of the Spirit. Being led of the Spirit is, is meaning that I have a, a, a daily time of prayer. Where I, I allow God to speak to me and to, to give me uh, the strength to overcome. This is why Jesus told them to pray like this. Lead us not into temptation. Let this be a daily prayer. Let this be something that in our lives that we would pray. God, help me today to overcome the temptations that are going to come my way as I walk through the wilderness. The reality is... Many of us are still walking in the wilderness, and that's not to say anything bad about the situation that we're in, but it's to say that as we are walking, uh, we are still trying to search, God, what is my real purpose in life? God, where, uh, you know, and it's, you know, not to say that you haven't fulfilled a purpose in your life and your past, but right now you're looking and you're searching, God, what is my purpose right now? Where, what have you called me to do right now? And I don't want to just go through life meandering, but I I want to live on purpose. Amen. I hope that you want to live on purpose, live with the purpose of God on your life. And so as you search for that, there's there's things that will come your way because because there's nothing that Satan hates more than a child of God who's seeking to fulfill the purpose of God in their life. There's nothing that he's more afraid of than a child of God who is, who is seeking for, to fulfill the purpose of God in their life and they do it by by uh, be, beginning to, to get intentional about prayer and intentional about being led of the Spirit. And as they do so, they begin to see that there will be temptation that will come their way. Why? Because Satan will come to tempt and he will come to, to try to put blockades in our way that will cause us to not fulfill that purpose. That's why it continues to say there, First Corinthians 10, verse 12, it says, Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. If you think that you, uh, that you are able to do this on your own, take heed lest you fall. You cannot do this on your own. You cannot overcome the, the the things that the enemy will put in our way uh, on our own. We need to do it by being led of the Spirit, by being intentional about allowing God to speak into our lives and to lead us and guide us. See, if we can just go one one more verse there, 1 Corinthians verse 13. This is a very uh, powerful uh, thing that we must understand. It says, there hath no temptation." Taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who is not going to suffer you to be tempted above that which you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. I uh, You've probably heard heard the story before, or they heard the illustration before of the man that was uh, on a ship that uh, had gone shipwreck, and he was he was there floating in the, the middle of that ocean, just hanging to a board. And he's praying, "God send, or, or God save me, God, God, get me out of this this ocean, God, get me out of here, and I will serve you." every day of my life and as he prays this all of a sudden he he sees this this ship that's coming his way and it it, it goes right by him and they they offer to help and he says no i'm praying that god would take me out of this ocean and so they go on by all of a sudden a a plane comes by and it spots him there in the ocean They they're able to drop a ladder and they say come on climb on up and he says no I'm praying that God would save me, that He would take me out of this ocean. And so they go on by. Eventually, the man drowns there in the ocean and he, he wonders, where, where was God? And God says, I made the way of escape. I've provided for you. And, and, and that's a, an illustration that we, we see the, uh, the, the absurdity of it. But the reality is many times in our life, when temptation comes, we have ways of escape out of it. Like God said, and, and, and if we do not take the ways of escape, we look to God and we say, God, where were you? I thought that you said you wouldn't put anything more on me than I could bear. That there would never be a temptation greater than what I could, could take. And God says, I made a way of escape. If you look back, I made the way of escape. You had opportunities to to, uh, to walk away from that temptation several times. And, and we need to take it upon ourselves when God provides the way of escape to say, Lord, I thank you for the way of escape. Lord, I thank you that when the temptation came that I didn't have to give in to it. For you, Lord, were there with me and you showed me the open door to walk away. Amen. God, He will always make a way of escape from temptation. If we see in Galatians chapter 5, that when we walk in the Spirit, He says, You shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. This is the, the end all answer, really, to all of this. Walk in the Spirit. If you don't want to fall to your temptation, then walk in the Spirit. Now, uh, the question is, well, how do I walk in the Spirit? We, uh, we, we are, um, it's, it's spend time. Spend time with God. Be intentional about, about how you're starting your day. Be intentional about a walk in, 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 with a, an open ear and an open heart, listening, listening to the voice of God. Walk in the Spirit. Proverbs chapter 22 verse 3 tells us, it says, a prudent man foreseeth the evil and he hideth himself but the simple pass on and they're punished other words the man who is who is not walking according to what God would uh, the way that God would lead him he would see the evil and he continue going straight towards it and he is punished for that or he's, he's going to be overtaken by it but a prudent man a godly man, he sees that evil and he begins to go a different way or he hides himself from it. Second Thessalonians chapter three, verse three says that the Lord is faithful who shall establish you and keep you from evil. I believe that God is able to keep us from our temptation. God is able to help us to, uh, to overcome the temptations that may come our way. We see how Jesus did it. If we go back to this, uh, back to the story there in Luke chapter 4 of Jesus in the wilderness. We see that uh, we'd already read how He had been led of the Spirit into the wilderness. And He was tempted for 40 days there as He was fasting and as He was praying. If we begin there now in verse 3. Verse 3 says that the devil said to Him, If Thou be the Son of God, command this stone that it be made bread. Jesus answered him saying, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. We already read the reference point for that scripture that Jesus just pulled out during this time of temptation. We can continue here. Verse five, the devil, taking him up into a high mountain, showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. The devil said, all this power will I give you. The glory of them for that is delivered unto me and to whomsoever I will give it. The temptation of pride, the temptation here to have all of these things that uh, uh, are, are being offered to him in the world. If thou therefore will worship me, all shall be thine. And Jesus answered and he said, get thee behind me, Satan. For it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God. And him only shalt thou serve. Continue verse 9. He brought him to Jerusalem and he set him on a pinnacle of the temple. And he said to him, if thou be the son of God, cast thyself down from thence. And for it is written, he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee. And in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou shalt dash Thy foot against the stone, and Jesus answering said unto him, "It is said that thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God." And when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed from him for a season. Notice there in that last time of temptation that the devil he he's he's pretty good at cloaking his deceptions in this reasonable-sounding religious jargon. You know, the devil, he even, he even knows scripture. That last time there that it said, for it is written, that wasn't Jesus saying, for it is written. That was Satan saying, for it is written. He was quoting a scripture to him and telling him, come on, this is, uh, it is written that, that you can cast yourselves down. And, then, and you have charge over the angels and they can come to your rescue at any moment, of any time. Satan, he's a master of deception. So we, we need to exercise spiritual discernment and we need to walk by faith, not by sight. When we come and when we're going through this life, we need, to, we need to be walking in the spirit, walking with spiritual discernment and, and not, not walking just by, uh, uh, and, you know, kind of feeling things out with our own ability, but, but walking in faith, walking and allowing God to lead us and guide us. So you notice that Satan, he didn't give up very easily. For 40 days, it says that he tempted Jesus. We see those three times of temptation that came. And he came again. And he came again. Even after the third one, it says he departed from him for a season. He stopped his... Time temptation at that point, but that didn't mean that he wasn't going to come and, and tempt Jesus again later. We may not see it as clear uh, as clearly as it is written here for us in Luke four, but but it says he departed from him for a season. That means he's going to come back at some point. Now, winning the victory over temptation today doesn't mean that he's not going to try again tomorrow. Again, we, this is something that, that I'm sure we understand today just by living and you know going through life, but. Uh, we, we need to take heed to what Peter writes in first Peter five, where he says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Steadfast. The word steadfast is, is firm in beliefs. You, you have a determination. You resist the devil with determination. You resist him. You, you remain steadfast in your, in your opposition to the temptation that's going to come your way. Let's remain steadfast. Let's remain steadfast in our belief and our, uh, our adherence to what God has called us to. Let's be steadfast. Amen. Satan may not give up very easily, but I'm not going to give up either. I'm not going to give up in my holding steadfast for what God has called me to. I'm not going to give up very easily. Amen. So what do we see Jesus do? Each time that the temptation came, we see that Jesus used a certain weapon. You might expect that Jesus... He could have called down the angels and brought them to his defense and and set them round about him and said, Satan, you're not getting past these angels. You're not going to tempt me anymore. Or you might have expected Jesus could have done some other supernatural thing, but Jesus, he didn't do any of that. Rather, he did the same thing that we can do today. Not to say that we can't dispatch angels or... Or call on the angels to come to our defense, but but he did the same thing that you have access to today. No matter what level uh, or what uh, you know where you're at in your walk with God, he he pulled out the Word of God. Now he didn't have the, the written Word of God like we do today, but he had this. He had this memorized in his heart he had this he had this tucked away in his in his mind he knew the word forward and back and he began to quote scripture every time the temptation came he began to, to release scripture against these temptations that would come and and as he did so every attack of the enemy every every bit of temptation that would come his way it was stifled it was stopped in its tracks and and the enemy when he's coming and he's saying I'm trying to stop you from going and fulfilling your Purpose. I know who you are, Jesus. I know that you're the Son of God. I know that you're the one that's come to save and deliver the world from sin. And I'm gonna I'm gonna pull out everything that I can to try to stop you from doing it. And here's what Satan's trying to do today. He sees you in your full potential, and he knows that if he can stop you in your tracks with the temptation, then he's gonna do so. And what we need to do is he begins to allow the temptation or when he begins. To, to throw the temptations at us in the midst of our wilderness. We need to pull out the word of God and fight it. Come on, fight those temptations. Say, no, I have the word of God. And it tells me that I am not low. I am not the one that you tell me that I am that's cast down and broken. It can't be used. But the word of God says that I can be raised back up in a new life in and and Him. Come on, I am a new creator. I am a new creation so, come on, the temptations don't all look the same I, I know we pulled out or we, we went through the list of, of temptations that came to the Israelites in the wilderness and it's all these sinful things But men, for many of us it's the temptation to look at ourselves as somebody who is less than who can't accomplish anything we're too broken, we're too far gone come on, that temptation that the enemy will just begin to whisper into our ear and try to tell you, you can't do this You can't do this. Pull out the word of God. For the word of God tells you who you are. I am a child of God. I'm an heir to the king. To the king of kings. Come on, I am the one who is cast down, but come on, I'm not destroyed. I've been cast down. I've been broken into pieces before, but I'm not destroyed and I shall arise. I'm getting back up and I'm going to do what God has called me to do. Satan, you cannot stop me. You cannot begin to tell me that I am somebody who I am not. For my God is the one who he tells me who I am. I am who I am because he, come on, he tells me who I am. Saying, you don't tell me who I am. He tells me who I am. And I begin to see a fuller picture of who I am right here in the word of God. In the word of God. I you can begin to to quote scripture to those lies of the enemy as they begin to come our way. in the temptations where he's trying to stop us from fulfilling our purpose. Psalm chapter 119. Psalm 119 verse 11 says, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against. thee." When you're not always going to have this right here in your hand, we've got to commit some of this word to our heart. You've got to commit it now. There's a difference between memorizing scripture and committing the word of God to your heart. This is not against memorizing scripture. That's a good thing to do. But you can memorize scripture and not truly believe it about yourself. Not truly believe what it's saying. You can, you can believe the word of God and commit this to your heart without having word for word that scripture memorized. I know there's some that they, they struggle to read that and they're like, man, my, I'm, I'm terrible at memorizing scripture and and, uh, you know, I've tried Bible quizzing before and it was, it was, it was tough, it's hard. And, and here's the thing, just commit the word of God to your heart. Let what God says about you be committed to your heart and believe it and know it so that you can come against the attacks of the enemy as he begins with the temptation to tell you this, that you are something that you are not. You can combat that and say, no, God tells me, God tells me that I'm his. God tells me that I'm greater than, I'm not less than. God tells me this. God tells me that I'm an overcomer. Commit the Word of God to your heart. The Word of God, it tells us in Hebrews, the Word of God is like a two-edged sword. It's quick, it's powerful, it's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow. It's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. It gets to the very depths of who we are. The Word of God is powerful powerful now here's the culmination of all of this that the wilderness is your proving grounds as i said the wilderness doesn't it's not necessarily just a a one-time thing it's as we begin to search god what is my purpose you may be walking through a wilderness right now having already walked in the spirit fulfilled the purpose of god in your life before but now you're searching god where where are you trying to lead me now God, what's the next phase of my life? What's this next, uh, what's this next week hold, maybe? When you, you go through the wilderness, and, and it tells us in, in Deuteronomy, we already read it. Deuteronomy 8.2, it says that they walk through the wilderness to be humbled, to be proved, so that God would know their heart. We go through the wilderness as a proving ground so that we can be humbled. It's not about me. I understand I can be, I'm the child of God. I'm, I'm spirit filled, but but I, I need to be humble and realize that of myself I am nothing. Without God, I'm nothing. Without God, I am absolutely nothing. God, you, you're proving me. Just like just like Job endured the temptations that came his way, he was proved. God knew what was in his heart. After enduring all of those temptations that came his way. God proved him. they knew exactly what was going on. See, Jesus, he was led by the spirit into the wilderness. But when Jesus left that time of temptation in the wilderness, it says that he returned in the power of the spirit. There was a proving grounds that happened in the wilderness that when he returned from it, he was walking in the power of the Spirit. There was something that had transformed in him. As he came out of that wilderness time. That he was walking in the power of the Spirit. You see. There's temptation that's going to come our way. That the devil thinks is going to break you down. And stop you. But I want you to just look at it. Just like Joseph did at the end of his life. Uh, where, where his family was around him. And he says. You thought evil against me. But God meant it to good. Devil, you thought that you could break me, but but God meant it for good. God turned it around, and he's using this to propel me into my future. See, and Jesus then walked out of that, and he stepped right directly into his purpose. He began his ministry immediately following that time in the wilderness. It says in Luke chapter 4 that Jesus began to immediately over... Um, Immediately began to go and to, to perform miracles, prayed for those who were sick and they were healed. He went to Peter's mother-in-law who was, who was sick and dying in her home. And he prayed for her and she raised back to life. And, and there's all, uh, all these other miracles that it says that immediately following this time of temptation in the wilderness that Jesus began to perform. So Here's the question. How do you know if you're stepping into your God-given purpose? Opposition is going to come your way. If you're seeking it, if you're seeking to step into your God-given purpose, expect opposition. But be encouraged by that. For you have what it takes to be an overcomer. You have what it takes to be an overcomer. Can we stand in this place today as our... Our Sunday school classes make their way back in. I wonder if we could stand and if you could just try to just focus your attention up here just for just a few moments longer. Trust God. Trust God in the wilderness. Trust God. As you're seeking God, what is your purpose for my life? And as you pursue it, don't expect the devil just to lie down and to let you pursue it let you pursue it you know free of charge just go and, and go and you, you know you, you go change the world he's afraid of somebody who's going to go change the world so there's things that are going to come your way I've heard of people who they're scared off by that they say I don't want to I don't want to do anything for God because I don't want the opposition to come well, just like tells us in the New Testament it says, "Count it all joy Temptations and trials come your way. Count it all joy. When our life was never meant to be one of ease and, and you know just sitting back and never facing any trial or temptation, God gave us what it, well, everything that we need to be an overcomer. God gave you everything that you need to be an overcomer. So when the opposition comes your way, throw up your hands in the air and say, "Praise God! Praise God!" God I'm doing something. I'm doing something for the kingdom. God, we're going to change some things. We're going to Lord, somebody's life is going to be rearranged, Lord. And they they're going to they're going to meet you for the very first time, Lord, because Lord, I'm living on purpose. I'm being propelled into my purpose. God, I had a proving ground right now, but God, I'm getting propelled into my purpose. Come on, trust God. Trust God. He can take those tests. Well, if you could even today, maybe there's somebody today, you're already in that wilderness time and you're facing the temptation, you're facing the attacks of the enemy as he's trying to beat you down and to tell you that you are nothing, or he's trying to throw things in your way to get you to, to chase after the things of the world rather than the things of God. Come on, I want you right now just to lift up your hand and say, God, I see the things that are being placed in my path. God, and I am going to be an overcomer. God, and I want to walk into the purpose and be propelled into the purpose that you have called me to. Lord, help me today, Lord, to fight off the temptations of this world. Help me to fight off the temptations that are going to come in the midst of this wilderness so that I can go and I can fulfill the things that you have done. Lord, let me be a world changer. God, let me be a difference maker. Lord, help me today, Lord, to not just sit back. Lord, and just enjoy the Lord the things that would come my way, the blessings. But Lord, let me, God, be out there on the battlefield. Lord, help me to be out there, Lord, in the action, Doing, making a difference. In the kingdom of God, help me, Lord, to be propelled into a future purpose. Amen. You can lift up your hands as we close out this portion of the service for the day. You take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good.